0: I can tell you, I will either live till 120 something, yeah. or I'm going to die at like 61. There's going to be no <laughs> in between for me. Um, yeah. So live live life to its fullest. All right, hello, welcome to episode 123 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Ariel Kormendi, and he is Adrian Trott. Good morning. How are you? You've got this wicked smirk on your face. Just, uh, you just happy to see me.
1: Yeah, you know what? I think it's partially weather related. Like we're we're coming out of the. Normally, I enjoy winter, but this winter we were not able to get out snowboarding, so I loathed it because I couldn't do anything. And now it's starting to warm up. I heard it's supposed to be almost 20 degrees tomorrow, albeit raining all day, but 20 degrees nevertheless. I'm tempted to go for a ride on my motorcycle now. Like it's,
0: you know, spring's coming around. It's good. The birds are chirping. You know, chirping. I, uh, I arrived at the office uh, super, super early. It was still dark outside. And I said, okay, I'm going to make a coffee and uh, walk around you downtown do know that Milton. Today is my day at the office, right? not anymore sucker well i'm gonna start using when, it so we're gonna well, have to get then, cozy then you'll sit at the other end of the table and uh we'll just have to be comfortable with that That's fine. um if one of us gets sick we'll both get sick anyway in some some way shape or form Probably. um yeah so you know the calendar says march uh the weather is changing and uh that always means more real estate is being sold. More cars are being purchased. Um, people are are getting excited for just spring weather. Yeah, for and, sure. And if people and are now coming out of their hibernation. Now we're, uh, you know, in the... Um, I don't know what what is it called. Uh, daylight savings uh, advance, <laughs> spring forward, spring forward. The clocks moved forward. So that's right. And it's my birthday month, so it's always good. Right, right. Happy belated birthday. Early. No, by the time this airs, it's belated. All <laughs> oh, right. right, <laughs> got it. Um, yeah. So what? You know what's 30, funny? Alicia thought 30, I was turning thirty. Thirty-nine. Right. That's right. At yep. least well,
1: thought I was turning thirty-eight. I had to correct
0: mm-hmm. her. Yeah, one year away from uh, from being in your forties. Yep, yeah. it's fine. Soak doesn't it bother in. me. But, yeah, it doesn't bother me either. Doesn't feel I think any. Nowadays, different. with the way
1: that medicine is progressing and our knowledge of uh, the importance of living healthier lifestyles, I think forty. You know, before they used to say that's like you're over the hill. Now it's downhill. You've got another forty years, and you're done. I think now 40 is like your first trimester. You've got, you know, 30%, 33% through potentially. It would not surprise me.
0: Well, I, I can tell you, I will either live till 120 something yeah. or I'm going to die at like 61. There's going to be no in between for <laughs> me. Um, yeah. So live, live life to its fullest uh, all the time. You never know uh, when That's your right. time comes. Uh, anyways, uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about bridge loans, bridge term financing. Um, the reason for today's topic is, again, this is when a lot of transactions happen in the real estate industry. There's a lot of new homes that are closing um, this year, uh, specifically new builds, and uh, there was an Extraordinary amount of transactions done in the last 90 days. Um, Like if we look 90 days this year over 90 days of the first 90 days of last year, um, more or less anyways, a lot more transactions occurring this year. Um, And more transactions than average and normal. So we're getting a lot of people that are taking advantage of the shifts in the market. Um, but still most of our clients are feeling more comfortable to go out and purchase a home first. Uh, yes, we do have some clients that they have more specific needs and I'm more often now encouraging people to sell first. Yeah. Although not, not yep. many people we've got, are comfortable we've got, we've got, doing that. Right. Right. And and I guess we can talk a little bit about that today because it's all intertwined with each other. But, you know, the we do we're we're representing both sides of the coin right now. We're representing sellers that are selling before they're buying and we're representing buyers that want to go out and buy before they sell because they know their place will sell quickly. And I guess, you know, when you buy first um you are looking for something that's not readily available, or you're not sure if what you want is going to end up falling within your budget. Yeah. yeah, especially because now the list prices are very deceiving, right? If you see a home listed for a million bucks, you don't know really what it's going to sell for. Is it going to sell for one one, one two, one three, um, or is it you know priced accurately and will it sell for a million? So. I think the comfort level for people and not having to deal with the anxiety of being displaced from a home, um, because that's the challenge. If you sell first and you don't find something to buy, you're either going to be without a house or um, you're going to be pressured or forced into buying something that you don't really want, right? Right, yeah. Um, And then the challenge becomes juggling the closing dates. Uh, And we're seeing a lot more of that now because of this whole buy first, sell first dynamic. And our answer is you always have to have that flexibility on when you can close on your sale. Well, I had one particular client
1: recently who um, we were selling their house first because what they wanted was... Readily available, they had reasonable expectations. go leaves, go, and uh they you know we were not sure we knew that they would get x for sure we were hoping for more uh, in the sale, and if we got more than that would open up some options with purchasing. so we sold first their mortgage broker actually told them or mortgage agent they were dealing directly with a bank um unless they misunderstood them, they were told not to bridge and they were told they have to close on the sale before the purchase. Um, now theirs was a little bit of a unique circumstance because there were three owners on the existing there, home. There
0: must've been mortgage implications in
1: some. I capacity. suspect so, but in the end I said, well, that's not really practical. I said, well, if that's what you're doing, then these are the things you need to consider. You need in, you know, in- term accommodations for you know, a week, two weeks, a month, whatever um, because you're going to be without a house. And anyways, they went back and said, and then it ended up being, okay, okay, we can do it. No problem. So that was interesting. And I I've heard it before where mortgage agents or brokers were not keen on doing a bridge, I think because of paperwork, even it's just like, it's more work, uh, to process the, the, the bridge loan rather than just you know, making it more of a simple, simple process where you just go from one house to another. Um, so anyways, I found that interesting, but realistically, it's not practical. That's not a good idea to close on the same day. And you're going to be without a home if you don't bridge.
0: Well, potentially they didn't have enough equity. What you wouldn't know, maybe, right is they didn't have enough equity in that sale uh, in order to obtain a bridge loan. So let's right. talk I mean, about you,
1: you have to qualify for it because you have additional carrying costs. The bank is
0: assuming a higher risk. Um, well, and 20- a, a, a bridge loan is essentially. So let's talk about what a bridge loan is. OK, so for those of you wondering, what is a bridge loan? And you probably have heard it. And if you haven't and you're in the market to buy or sell, you should, uh, because it's highly recommended uh, from our standpoint. And. Um, Maybe I'll I'll give you a quick story on closing on the same day because I had an issue uh, in, uh, it would have been in the fall of 2020, where much to what you're saying, the mortgage agent advised our our clients that they, for whatever reason, uh, couldn't qualify for a bridge loan and had to close on the same day. That's fine. So they ended up buying a home first because we knew the desirability of their sale. And we sold their home and it wasn't a problem. We had multiple offers, yada, yada. So in, in the situation on their sale, we could pretty well command whatever closing date we wanted. There was enough demand in the home that we could say to the potential buyers, okay, we'll accept your offer with this closing date. And you know, I had them double check with the mortgage agent. I verified with the seller. This is exactly what you want to do. Yes, we have to close on the same day. That date was a Friday of a long weekend. Right. Not and ideal. certainly not. I never advise closing on a Friday before a long weekend at any time and any kind of closing date, even if it's not closing on both properties. Uh, And that's for a multitude of reasons. A lot of times, um, the people involved with uh, closing on the deal, whether it's realtors, lawyers, um, et cetera, um, usually take advantage of long weekends. Um, Land registry office closes, and they're not available until Tuesday. Sure, but you Um, think that,
1: I mean, these people should have their stuff together. So in most cases, it still does go smoothly. But at the chance that there's a a problem, unexpected challenge last minute, then you may run into an
0: issue. Right. But even things like moving companies, like movers, uh, they're more difficult to obtain on a Friday of a long weekend. Um, Yeah. You know, so and and certainly if you have any issues and, and just imagine if you move into your new home, which let's say it's a resale home and you closed on the Friday and it's a long weekend and you find out, oh, shit, the whatever, something's not working and you need a contractor, or, you know, somebody to come out and take a look. Good luck finding somebody. Right. right. So, yeah, so many, so many reasons. But anyways, um, closed on the same day was supposed to close on the same day. So at around five o'clock, they had already closed on their sale. We represented the listing and, and everything went smoothly and went fine. However, on the purchase, they couldn't close because for whatever reason, the funds from the bank, so the mortgage agent dropped the ball somewhere and the funds did not get transferred in time and couldn't close on the purchase. It ended up happening on the Tuesday. Wow. So so the seller has now moved out of their home. All of the stuff is loaded in the truck, the moving truck, a big moving truck. It was a big home with five people in the family. And they basically had to pay the moving company to store all their stuff in the truck for the long weekend and remove them on Tuesday and they had to go to a hotel for those 3 or 4 days. So, if you can avoid moving in the same day, the other thing, you know, that's a beauty behind the bridge loan is that gives you that gap in between the closings to as an example, I'm I'm putting a deal together now where we are going to be looking for, you know, 2-3 week uh, gap between closings because the place that they bought is really dirty, um, needs to be painted, needs some maintenance work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, um, you know, you, you might want to give yourself that that space. So what is a bridge loan? A bridge loan essentially covers your down payment on your new home because most people don't have the cash sitting around to let's say you're, you bought a million dollar home and you're putting 20% down, you need $200,000 as the down payment. Most people don't have $200,000 just kicking around plus the land transfer tax and lawyer fees and, and what have you. So what the bank will do is provide you a loan. Usually it's based off of the equity on your existing home. And that loan is essentially your down payment on the new home. So now you've got the mortgage on the new home, you've got your bridge loan, which acts as your down payment in the interim on that new mortgage, plus you're still paying your existing mortgage. So you you own both properties, you own both mortgages, Um, plus now you have that loan that in the interim provides your down payment. The cost, a lot of people say, well, what is it gonna cost? To get a bridge loan. Um, typically most lenders will have a some kind of an admin fee. Why are you smirking again? I could just turn my camera off, take a nap, and come back, and you'll have explained. Okay, well, everything. Do you want <laughs> you 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 run through the cost? You're not saying anything. No, no, you can you, jump in at any time. And, well, I don't want to interrupt you. No, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm saying you 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 need to explain it. That's fine. So the cost, uh, admin fees. So most lenders will have some kind of admin fee to get all of the paperwork in order and, and uh, register the loan. Then there's going to be a registration fee either with the mortgage uh, company, with the lender, or um, uh, to put it on title. Uh, you will also need uh, to pay a lawyer to remove that lien from that property uh, at the time of closing, so that you, you you incur some registration fees, admin fees, and lawyer fees that you wouldn't otherwise have, uh, plus interest. Uh, interest is usually depending well, hundred percent depends on your qualifications and you know what you're approved for, but um, and the lender itself. But usually, it's prime plus two, prime plus three. So the rate is relatively attractive because prime is really low. Um, And then, of course, it depends on how much you're borrowing. So, you know, if you are borrowing $200,000, you know, you take $200,000 prime plus two prime plus three, and then you pay for it, basically, you pay the interest on a daily basis. So rough math, um, you know, if, and of course, again, it depends on what those fees are. But between fees and interest, you can expect somewhere in the vicinity of $100. I think you threw out that number earlier uh, this morning when we chatted, $100 a day uh, for the average uh, bridge loan. That's, I would say that's pretty well average. Uh, yeah. Some might be less, some might be more. Again, it depends on the amount and the interest and, and what. I think the important thing is
1: um, before you get too involved in the sale or purchase of a home, that's something that you should inquire about. Make sure, one, you can do it some some mortgages may not be able to for whatever reason, some lenders perhaps don't offer it or maybe you have unique circumstance with your mortgage or whatever. Maybe you can't do it. So find out if you can find out roughly what the um, daily, weekly or monthly costs will be so that as you get offers in on your property, uh, depending on if there's multiple offers, you can say, okay, well, this one's closing two weeks later, but they're offering X amount of money. It's going to cost me this much money to carry it for those extra two weeks. So which offer is actually more attractive financially. Um, so yeah, you need to make sure you, whether you can do it and how much it's going to cost you. So you can make a, an informed decision when it comes time to buy and sell.
0: Yeah. And well, do you want to chat a little bit about, you know, when, when that comes in handy in terms of negotiation, Because I think Um, that that plays a big factor. I think that's, you know, because a lot of people will say, well, I don't want to pay $100 a day for for a loan. But what I think they miss is the fact that... You got to look at the big picture. You got to look at the big picture, both on the purchase and the sale. Yes. Because my biggest advice to anybody purchasing real estate is one of your... Key negotiation uh, tools is to have complete flexibility with closing dates. that that wins a lot of deals when you're buying, and it makes sellers a lot more money sometimes when selling. Well, if
1: you think about it, like let's say it's a hundred bucks a day, somewhere in the range of three thousand dollars a month. And you know if you, you know, you're selling a million dollar home and someone wants to close or for whatever reason has to close um a month after your preferred closing date, if you don't know those numbers and you don't think of it logically, somebody who's making an emotional decision at that point may refuse the offer and then sit on the market for another month. And then the next offer that comes in is closing three weeks after the, the previous one because now you're, you're further further into the calendar year and it's less likely to get the ideal closing date. So by knowing this information in advance, you can say, okay, it's gonna cost me three grand. They're offering X amount of money uh, for this closing date. You, know, you can maybe try to use that as leverage in negotiating a higher price uh, to offset some of those costs for you. But at the end of the day, it's three thousand dollars. When you're selling a million dollar home, uh, the risk to sit on the market—let's say it's a buyer's market um, at that time—and you're not selling in a few days, maybe it's taking a few weeks—you um, know, it's probably not worth the risk. But in many cases, a good agent will be able to go back and say, "Well, here's the issue. This is our concern. These carrying costs." Um, and the other thing, too, is in 2017, when things started to go south in terms of the market, some banks were not doing mortgage or not doing bridge loans or they were very hesitant to or they would only allow a very short period of time because sometimes during that bridge, uh, a, something went sour and a buyer backed out and they couldn't close on the house and then they were carrying two properties.
0: Yeah, we heard a lot of those stories where um, buyers couldn't close and then the sellers that had already purchased something and had a bridge loan to cover that really it, it got heated and there were issues and um, you know, things are back to more or less normal. Although I could see a little bit of that um, 2017 um, in, in the, some of the transactions this year, but um, you know, the, the ability to have flexibility at all time is really important. So, so chatting with whoever is providing that mortgage well in advance is, is part of that process. So most lenders now, as you said, you know, some lenders were hesitant, most, most lenders, especially the big banks. So TD BMO, RBC, Scotia um, they'll provide Typically, a $200,000 bridge loan is not unheard of, like that 20% of a million bucks. Um, anything more than that really depends on your qualifications. And they will provide that usually up to 120 days if you qualify. Um, but average, I, I'd say most of our clients are fall in that kind of 30-day mark, roughly, at at the max. A lot of times it's a couple of weeks or a week. Um, There's been many instances where we've had purchases that, or or I should say clients that bought and sold with us and had a gap of two or three months because they want to get renovations done, right? Yeah, I've got a client doing that right now. They buy a house that they absolutely hate the kitchen or they hate the main floor. They want to tear down some walls, put in new cabinetry, put in new floors, things that's ways here to do before you move in. Um, and certainly if the place is not quote unquote move in ready, you might want to do that before your family uh, um, uh, takes, takes possession or moves your stuff. in. I should say, yeah. Um, what, what, what's your client uh, doing? Um, they are, so there's a bit of 30 day
1: bridge closed March 1st on the new house. And closing the end of the month on theirs. I don't remember the exact day, but I think it was still March towards the end of the month. And they're doing a pretty substantial overhaul. Like all the
0: floors through the entire house. Um Is that this, uh uh is that the client that I see posting some stuff with uh Lions yeah. Valley Carpentry?
1: That's correct. Yeah, yeah. did you did you have yeah, Joel up? from Lions Valley is doing a lot of the work. No, no, they're friends. Oh, are they? Yeah um yeah but they're doing he does, he
0: does nice work joel
1: yeah he does yeah he's a good guy i we met him there a few times uh during the buyer revisits to can't remember land. what
0: episode of the pod what podcast like number episode number two they were or on, something it was early. no, no it's like number <laughs> 30 35 okay. something like that. yeah it was early on uh and well he came on just by
1: coincidence he was joining right. rob from rod. pro results rod sorry from pro results plumbing uh, he came on with him because they do a lot of work together. So that was a nice, uh, good opportunity to meet him. Anyways, yeah, all the floors, new stairs, not new staircase, but refinishing the carpet stairs with uh, hardwood, um, tearing down walls, putting up new support beams in place of those support walls, brand new kitchen, um, brand new ensuite, pretty much everything. Wow. It's a big Reno, and they're going to get all
0: that done in 30 days. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they had you know they 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 did it right. We we included three revisits uh, in the offer. Each of those revisits, there was engineers, contractors, uh, designer. Everybody was there. Everybody was organized. Um, So that's the important thing. It's just planning properly. Of course, yeah.
0: Well, I can't wait to see uh, the finished product. Yeah, it'll look good. So you know what was really interesting with that one too, just as a side note. um, Hang on, before before you say that, uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, go ahead and hit subscribe right now and uh, you'll get notification of all of our videos um, and wherever you're listening, um, you know, podcasts, uh, on, uh, or what is it called? Apple Podcasts or Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever. Uh, give us a like and uh, leave us a review. We haven't gotten too many reviews uh, on uh, on the streaming uh, app. So go ahead and leave us a comment and subscribe. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Go ahead, Adrian. So uh, it,
1: it had to do with this particular sale. Um, when we bought it, there was no, I'm oh, sorry, there was square footage listed. I don't know where they got the number, but it was about uh, 50 square feet less than the MPAC square footage. Because before buying, I always make sure we verify square footage. And that was the only source I had uh, to do with at the time. And it's usually pretty accurate representation. Um, Anyways, it was 50 square feet lower than that rating.
0: The the advertised square footage was 50 square feet lower than uh, the property assessment uh, square footage. Got it. And then
1: uh, anyway, subsequently uh, bought the house. They won in multiple offers and they, uh, during one of the revisits as part of the whole renovation, they hired a company to come in and do a a comprehensive floor plan measurements of everything. Uh, So in, preparing that they got the actual square footage and it was another 50 square feet or more, uh, higher than the impact rating. So it was more than a hundred square feet larger than what it was actually advertised as. So it's interesting because I see this all the time. in fact, there was a, another house. That,
0: that's, that's a $20,000 win right there.
1: For sure. And you know, it's, it's unbelievable that people don't spend a couple hundred bucks to get this done there's a house in Oakville actually I showed a couple nights ago and they have it listed as three to 4,000 square feet. I pulled the impact rating. Uh, I was 2970. So I just sent the guy an email saying, Hey, I'm just curious. Did you happen to get a floor plan or something? I can compare the numbers to he's like, Oh no, when I helped them buy it, we never verified the, the square footage. This is just what we, we think it's between 33 and 3400. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well the impact says it's 29. Can you imagine? Oh, we think it's, that's a (sighs) 10% discrepancy more people are nuts. And the sad thing is some buyer is now buying that under the premise that they think it's mid 3000 square feet. And he even went as far as to list 4,500 square feet, total living space. I'm like, well, how'd you calculate that? If you don't even know the, the actual square footage to start. People are ridiculous. So, and
0: it's based a seven on seven million dollar house. I, I was just gonna say, based on the fact that it's that size in Oakville, it's got to be close to two million bucks. Yeah. Um. You would think, you know, for a five hundred dollar investment. So even as, so as a realtor representing that property for sale, I, I won't speak about specific commissions, but you're gonna make a reasonable earning on. The sale of that. Um, yes, a lot of fees, brokerage fees, franchise fees. Well, yeah, still, or, but still. Anyways, it's no like your, ex, your expenses as a realtor is quite high and, and can get higher the more services you add. But the most basic tools of selling a home in today's market. Really is gonna be a proper floor plan with square footage and yeah. good photos and a good video. Actually, Those are you the know, only three things you really need. And you know what happened? And we market a we, home properly.
1: We talk about this all the time. What happened was they went in. Our uh, clients went in under the premise that it was. Although I told them before we went that it was actually less, but they went in with expectations of a thirty-three hundred square foot home. That's and the pictures made it look big because you know often that's the case. And then when they arrived, they were let down. They said, oh, it's not as big as I thought. Literally said, oh, this room is much smaller than I expected in in a few areas. And that's the problem. When you do that, you think you're doing yourself a good, you know, your clients a a good service, which I mean, you're not period. But you're also hindering the sale because your people are coming in with higher expectations and being let down. There's another one. Go ahead. Well, I just had one more example. There's one in Milton. Remember the semi we recently sold on Farmstead? It was yep twenty three hundred and change plus the basement. That particular builder, all his all their floor plans included the basement. Yes. Um. Anyway, so we sold ours was twenty three something plus the basement. It was over three thousand square feet total, as per the builder. Um, semi detached by the same builder down the street came up a few days after we sold and they had theirs advertised as 2,400 and they were telling people it was the same model as ours. And he was saying that based on the fact that his was 2,400 square feet and ours was listed for approximately 2,400 square feet. So a local agent calls me and says, Hey, Adrian, this guy, I, I didn't didn't seem to check because this house down the street, the guy's telling me it's the same model as yours and it's 2,400 square feet. So as I pulled it up, And sure enough, it's not. It's 2400 including the basement. And he's just using the number that was on the floor plan that his client gave him. He did no due diligence to confirm the actual square footage. (laughs) So it's evident, just by looking at the pictures, it's clearly not the same model. And it's clearly smaller. Um, But his was probably between 1,900 and 2,000 square feet. Crazy. Big difference. Yeah. And how did He 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 price it? How did he price it? He, well, he was pricing low. And this local agent sent him a bully offer. But they wouldn't accept it because they were expecting similar price to what we sold for because they thought it was the same model. So they refused it. Anyways, I, you know, local agent. So I helped him out. I sent this guy a text message and politely told him, listen, it's not the same house as ours. Here's the model yours is. And your 2400 includes the basement anyways in the end he was polite and appreciated the information and he made the change but um crazy that people don't do this there you go
0: realtors helping realtors
1: yeah
0: on that note make sure you know Uh, how much your bridge loan bridge loan costs (laughs) speaking of bridge loans
1: yeah
0: yeah i uh doing a lot of deals with bridge loans now. So if you do have any specific questions about juggling um, closing dates and bridge loans and, and how it might work um, in terms of buying first versus selling first, um, you know, it's hard to, to sit back as a consumer and figure all that stuff out. So, so that's what we specialize in, right? That's, that's what we do every day. And yeah. and you you gotta have that peace of, peace of mind that whoever's representing you as your realtor can guide you through that and walk you through that and make you feel good about it and make you feel like things are in control and we got this. Otherwise you're gonna be super anxious. Um you could put yourself at a financial liability um and you could leave yourself homeless uh if you don't have the right guidance. Well I think uh, also
1: just um I don't want to speak out of term, but I like I know mortgage brokers have access to a lot of money through various um, organizations and private funds even. So depending on your circumstances and how unique they are, a mortgage broker may be a good option uh, to explore because they might be able to get more creative with getting you private funds even. It'll cost you a lot in some cases, but for a short period of time. And it might help you in achieving your goals and finding the perfect house or doing that rental before you move in. Um, I don't know if banks have the same, I don't, I can't imagine they use private funds, um, and are probably limited to very few options. I could be wrong though.
0: It's the money you and I have in savings accounts that they're (laughs) using for, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) there's your private funds, buddy. Um, but no, that's a good point. And, you know, I've had many, many mortgages in my life, um, and, I am a big fan of like currently all of my mortgages are with uh, big banks. Um, I think, you know, from a convenience standpoint, um, you know, my, my, um, my income goes into those bank accounts and it's easier for me to manage. Um, It gives you more flexibility with the big banks oftentimes. So if you do have a mortgage, you know, now you're getting better rates or better discounts on certain products or, you know they're waiving the fees on on accounts that you have with them. Well, they make um, you think that it's worth the while, right? Like oh, well, you're saving
1: that twenty dollar month. PC. Yeah, you're saving
0: twenty bucks a month, but you're but really charging paying who knows four hundred dollars more a month <laughs> in interest. Yeah, exactly. No, but but the you know the the banks. They they ha- they do have blinders on a little bit because they're focused on what they have to offer. And they're trying to keep you in their portfolio at all times. Whereas a broker, uh, a mortgage broker is going to look at what other options are also available. And if you have to get creative, so if you're self-employed or you... You're without a job in 2020, uh, or you were laid off in 2020, or you were getting SERB payments, or um, you know you work overtime hours, or or you get cash tips, or you know there's so many variables in obtaining a mortgage approval that a broker does have um, you know more uh, more opportunities um, that that traditional banks just won't be able to provide. So, you know, um, of course you got to be comfortable with it and you got to make sure that, you know, the terms and the conditions, whether it's a bridge loan or the mortgage. Well, that's Um, especially important. I don't
1: think a lot of people pay attention to that. All they focus
0: on is the interest rate. Right. But yeah, that happens all the time. I see that on Facebook, uh, groups, yeah, like local groups where people will chat and say, "Oh, I got a 0.9% fixed rate mortgage for 5 years. Who's that with? Some no-name lender." And now 3 years goes by and that person wants to break the mortgage and they find out it's a $40,000 penalty to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: I can put a deal. One of my clients called me a few months ago and says, um, want to sell. Want to buy something else." Okay, and we started working through everything, and it turns out that he has to um, uh, break that mortgage and start a a new mortgage, right? They wouldn't port it or blend it or anything. Had to break the mortgage. Okay, fine. Well, what's the cost to break it? $28,000. 28 grand to break the mortgage. Are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah. Anyways, Um. Anything else that we didn't talk about in regards to bridge loans? No, I think that sums it up. I think that's a common question, too.
1: especially for first time sellers. You know, when you're buying your first house, it's not something you even need to consider, but when you're selling your first house and moving into another property, we it's say very this important. This is
0: episode 122. I think it's actually episode 123. No, you said 123. <laughs> Did I? <laughs>
1: you told me 123. I, I didn't hear what you said in the intro. Uh,
0: I don't know. Whatever. It's one of these fucking episodes. Okay.
1: All right, I got to get out of here. I got a house that's got a bully offer that a client wants to buy. Damn bully nice. offers.
0: Gotta love that. Gotta yeah. love it.
1: There's another topic uh, for, for listening.
0: Day. Thanks for listening. Thanks um, for listening. Subscribe, us, uh, like, comment. Send us some uh, topics. You want us to send us answer some, some, some questions for you? There you go. Have a beautiful, bright, sunny, gorgeous spring day. Sound like a song. What's that song? Gonna be a bright, bright, bright.
1: I'm not finishing it for you. Have a good one.
0: Bye. <laughs>